Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Odyssey app, live on YouTube. What's on the cut sheet? Well, you're going to find out in 41 minutes. It's coming up at 745. Took a sneak peek at it. It's going to be good. Get ready for that. Also, another great morning mystery movie clip prize. Coming up at 920, our Trump impression impersonator extraordinaire, Sean Farage, at 9 o'clock. Little Phillies with John Brazier at 930. As we continue here, hour number two. Uh, We'll also get to the latest impact that Taylor Swift apparently has had, although I actually want to dispute it a little bit. And also, Greg found a great story from the New York Post, a study that reveals, and I just think this really shows you how soft we are as a society these days, that yelling at your kids can be as harmful as sexual or physical abuse. Oh, for the love of God. Yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Don't raise your voice at uh, little Becky. It's just as bad as physically abusing her or, God forbid, sexually abusing her. Uh, I've said it many times. We need a draft <laughs> and a war. <laughs> Lindsey Graham, get on that, buddy. Jeez, you sound like uh, Nikki Haley. You're a warmonger yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. President Nikki Haley can help me with that. I agree. All right, we'll get to that story coming up around 7.35 this morning. But right now, let's get the news. Round number two on this Tuesday, the great Don Stensland. This Tuesday morning, let's talk about Philadelphia News first as Philadelphia police investigate and search for a killer. And this is going on. It's an active homicide investigation. We now know the victim of that homicide in Philadelphia identified as a local journalist, community activist, and an employee of the Kenny administration in City Hall. He's identified as 39-year-old Josh Kruger shot seven times in the abdomen inside his own home happened yesterday morning in his Point Breeze home and uh, he died he was rushed he apparently rushed out of the house survived initially survived the shooting a neighbor came to his aid rushed him to Penn Prez Hospital and he died within 45 minutes and so we don't know if he was able to describe the attacker they're looking at all the surveillance video The community is shaken, and this was somebody who was well-known in the community as well as City Hall, worked in City Hall for about five years running social media campaigns and that sort of thing, and was an advocate in the LGBTQ plus community as well as for the homeless and veterans. And so it appears, according to police, no signs of forced entry. And the, the home, however, does have cameras. What's concerning here is that friends came out and said that Kruger had fairly recently had posted some online concerns about threats, including an incident where he did file a police report after his home had been vandalized. That happened within the last month. So the question is, was this targeted, and what's that all about? You know, very interesting. A lot of his past tweets are being brought up now in regards to the incident that happened tragically. And one of the uh, accounts that kind of tracks this stuff is uh, End Wokeness on Twitter. So apparently Josh Kruger tweeted the following on April 5th of this past year. He said, I can hear the armchair advice brigade saying what I should have done. To me, guns escalate and dramatically increase the risk of injury or death. Even in home or self-defense situations, in this case, technically a burglary, you just can't be Yosemite Sam just because you're afraid. It, and, and, and wokeness kind of highlights 
uh, the Josh Kruger story about how he's essentially there kind of, can, you know, mocking can, stuff with a gun. Can I say one thing, though? Like, can we stop dunking on people who are dead? I agree. Like, like it's just, this is the problem with Twitter and social media, mm-hmm. is that everybody's a freaking armchair quarterback. Yep. Like, this guy is dead. Yep. His his. His family's grieving, his friends are grieving, and you have idiots on Twitter who are like, well, do you remember when he said this? Do you remember when he... Like, just stop already. Yeah. Just freaking stop. Let, let you know, the family grieve, for God's sake. But I, I think... These like, ghouls. Yeah, no, I know. But I think beyond, like, the social media aspect, it's, you know, you start looking at, like, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. I, underst- I understand, but we need to stop with this. We need to... See, I told you, if he was more pro-Second Amendment, maybe he wouldn't be dead. Okay. Like, what does that prove? What are you proving by pointing out past tweets that he had? It's yeah. ridiculous. I agree. I agree. We we love to keep that, Ugh. like, the I got you moment on social media. Jesus, mighty. I agree. There's, time, there's a time for everything. I don't think that, like, now's the time to do it, but I figured I would at least there's share There's never that. a time to do it. Stop dunking on people. We don't need that. Okay. All of those social media posts, however, are being looked at by police... And so somebody who posted something like that might be, you know, questioned mm-hmm. uh, because we don't know. Was this targeted? Was this a targeted attack? Was it a burglary? Just random. Right. Was it domestic in nature? We just we don't know. And if you're an investigator, you're looking at every angle for sure. So and that's that's why the to Greg's point, I mean, the community's rattled by yeah. this. Well, especially too. you speaking of social media and getting you know dunked on or whatever. You, you got to just track to see who exactly was targeting him on social media, harassing him. I think a lot of people sometimes just, they get carried away with social media the way they go after certain people. And it's yeah. like, would you really say that to them, you know, face to face? Would you say that to them on the phone? It's, you know, you get a lot of people that are on their keyboard and we always hear about keyboard warriors and stuff like that. And it's like, again, kind of the, the context of Twitter's not real life. Like, I feel like a lot of these people... Like I, I'm on the receiving end of it sometimes too. I'm like I don't I don't know that you would necessarily say that to me in person, but okay, have your moment. Go ahead. So, in other news, the search continues for this uh, dirt bike rider armed who had assaulted the uh, and, and first jumped on the vehicle and smashed the windshield of the car of a mom with her two young children, ages five and two. And so, uh, actually, she was delivering for Uber Eats, by the way, when this happened. So mm-hmm. she's a working mom, had her little kids in their car seats in the back. This dirt bike rider jumps on her vehicle right near City Hall, all captured on multiple sur- surveillance images. They continue to release new images of this gunman who shoved a a gun in her face, headbutted her, had a he had a helmet on, headbutted her, assaulted her. And all she's thanking is thanking her guardian angel. Their children were not injured. So Nikki Bullock um, thanking her guardian angel for watching over her children. Great mom. Yeah. Hardworking mom. Minding your own business. You know, this is assaulted. The, Unbelievable. The, these types of gatherings, too, because if you watch this video, this is a massive group of people on motorcycles, dirt bikes, whatever you want to call them. Like the, these are organized little gatherings of disruption. That this, I, you know, and I, I'd like to think, but then again, in this area, who knows? Like, these things are being tracked or monitored and mm-hmm. how exactly they are, you know, arriving at these destinations. Because you, if you're looking at the video, and I retweeted it yesterday, there's got to be 15 or 20 people on all sorts of two-wheel bikes, four-wheelers, um, 
Like this is, and I me- I mentioned this to you when I came back from the Bend of the Shore bike ride, where I came back with Dave Madden, who trained me. His car had died uh, in the parking garage. He got a jump. He gets out. He gets in his vehicle. As soon as he gets on Broad Street, he's completely engulfed in the middle of one of these these disruptions, and he filmed it and posted it on um, on social media as well. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So they they are searching for the biker and say that they you know the the uh, they will find you turn yourself in armed and dangerous and facing some pretty some pretty um, big charges felony charges obviously Hunter Biden due back in a Wilmington Delaware courtroom today where he's expected to plead not guilty to federal firearms charges that emerge after his earlier so called immunity deal had collapsed in court that's a headline this morning. And we do have some updates on Congress members carjacked. U.S. Congressman Henry Cuellar, who's a Texas Democrat, became the latest victim of an armed carjacking last night in Washington, D.C. This morning, police confirming that the longtime Democratic congressman is physically okay. Uh, they've recovered his stolen Honda CHR vehicle, but continue to search for three armed men. And just another update for you, because a carjacker here in Philadelphia who made national headlines for putting a gun to the head of U.S. Representative Mary Gay Scanlon in FDR Park has just begun serving his prison term. This is a federal prison term. He's a Delaware man who carjacked her and recently was sentenced to seven and a half years in federal prison. I'll point out to you that in court, the congresswoman urged the court and the judge to grant this guy an opportunity to reform. So wanted him to get less jail time. This is 21-year-old Josiah Brown of Wilmington, Delaware, apologized in court for stealing the three-term Democrats' 2017 Acura at gunpoint, you may recall. And we talked about it at the time. But the U.S. District Judge there had said that although he was remorseful, and the judge supported Congressman Scanlon's desire that he gets a second chance and less prison time. In fact, there was a mandatory minimum federal term. So that's what he got, the mandatory minimum of seven and a half years in federal prison. So there's no early parole on that. Okay. Uh, next chapter in the fall of one-time crypto billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried. That's set to begin today. FTX head, former FTX head, goes on trial in New York City. Jury selection begins. That one's making headlines. Another one making headlines is this battle between Matt and Kevin. Oh, the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, firing back at Representative Matt Gates' motion to force a vote on ousting McCarthy from the speakership, writing, bring it on, on social media. Just minutes after the motion was filed last night, uh, Matt Gates responding to McCarthy on X Twitter just did. I know. I just I saw but they were like both one sentence one liners yeah. like now it's spilled over onto the uh, social media streets. Good heavens. I know. We've talked a lot about the latest with Trump back in court in Manhattan for the civil trial. Uh, another headline for you because I know that this stri- this strikes at the heart of our own Nick Hale because you're a dad of little girls this story capturing the nation this morning this little nine-year-old girl charlotte cena abducted yeah. from an upper state new york park oh my goodness she was found thank god safe inside a cabinet of a suspect's camper not so far 
from her family's home. A cabinet of a camper? Oh, jeez. I know. Well, well, thank God she's been rescued. Yeah, so she has been rescued, and that a lot of people reacting on social media because it's on that kind. We we had a local girl, obviously, Dolce, who was uh, from a South Jersey park abducted, and every year we talk about it every fall. These kids, the fact that they found her, and she's physically okay. We're hearing, we're expecting a news conference, but uh, just gives you chills. And the fact that this guy, um, we don't know, was he stalking mm-hmm. her? And that there are a lot of questions. So we're looking at that. And of course, what we're celebrating here in Philadelphia are Phillies. We're uh, doing a lot of celebrations and have a lot in store coming up in the next couple of hours. But Phillies in the playoffs. We're thinking World Series, Red October. Unfinished business, Don. It's exciting. I wore my red today. I mean, I just think it's great news for Philadelphia. I'm going to be listening to Callum Scott the whole way home in my truck today. <laughs> I always keep dancing on my own, Don. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> well, you'll be dancing to this forecast, NBC10, first alert forecast. So I know that we're 61, partly cloudy, but oh my goodness, what a summer-like warm-up for your Tuesday. 82 beautiful, bright degrees, bright sunny skies today, tomorrow, through Thursday, feeling like summer. The change happens Friday when we see some showers moving in Friday. Still 77 for your Friday. So 82 today, 83 tomorrow, 79 for Thursday, and then still 77 degrees for Friday when the rain kind of moves, light rain moves through. Then for the weekend, Saturday, the lesser day, 68 degrees as we see rain roll through for your Saturday. Then Sunday, bright sunny skies, but much cooler, 60 degrees. So enjoy this second summer today through Friday morning. This is Kaelin Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 719 here on this Tuesday morning. Coming up next, we will get to that study that was revealed in the New York Post. If you're a parent, you're going to want to listen to this. And I don't tell people how to parent, but I just think this is incredibly telling about our current and upcoming generation. We will give you those details on the other side. It's Kaelin Company live here on this Tuesday morning. But first, let me tell you about my friends at the Piazza Auto Group. As you know, I've recently leased a 2023 Honda Ridgeline from Piazza Honda in Springfield. Absolutely love it. And it's been great, you know, the summer the windows down, the sunroof down, using the bed of my truck, you know, for golf clubs or other types of activities. But I'm actually looking forward to some of the bad weather more than ever because I can't wait to plow through it with this bad boy. And if you're a truck person like me, now's the perfect time to get into the new Piazza Honda in Springfield and check out their new Honda Ridgeline. I have the 2023 Black Edition fully loaded. It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you can also check them out in Philadelphia, Langhorn, Pottstown, or Reading because they still are offering 0.9% APR financing, or you can get special finance rates on some of the other models, the Honda Civic, the award-winning Honda Accord, the CRV, the Pilot, and more. The Piazza Auto Group, 17 brands, 35 locations. It's my go-to for all things automotive, and it will be for you as well. To find your new or certified pre-owned vehicle today, just visit them online at piazzaautogroup.com. It's Kale & Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. I want you to come escape with me. We're heading to southern Italy on a gastronomical tour of the most beautiful coastline in the entire world. I'm talking about the Amalfi Coast. Join me for 12 magical days in luxury with the professionals who do it best. 
conservative tours. So if I'm putting my name on the line here, I want to travel with the very best, the top tour operator in all of Italy, my friends at Conservative Tours, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. We're going to take the high-speed jet foil to the Isle of Capri, 5267. That includes your airfare, luxury hotels, and unbelievable, fabulous dining events that you're going to be talking about years from now. This is a trip where memories are made. Call toll-free 888-733-9494, or you can just go to conservativetours.com. You'll see my picture, the full itinerary. It's just, when I look at it, this itinerary taking us through southern Italy, these beautiful, breathtaking places, some of them ancient sites. I, I get butterflies. I can't wait. Come join me and, and do this. you got to call before this sells out. I'm talking about the Abbey of Monte Cassino, Italy's best-kept secrets, Puglia, Medieval Caserta, Sorrento, Pompeii, as well as, of course, we're going to see the great ancient sites in Rome all before heading home. Twelve days of luxury and travel. you got to do it. Join me next spring in Italy. I'll see you on the Isle of Capri. Call now, 888-733-9494, conservativetours.com. Tell Dawn sent you. I don't tell people how to raise their kids or to parent their children, but I do believe we are crippling and handicapping the next generation, whether that's Gen Z, whether that's a 7-year-old, a 12-year-old in today's day and age in 2023, because if we're not going to discipline them, usually verbally, and be strict and stern at times, I think we're failing them, and this is a very interesting study. Stalker found this from the New York Post. Uh, new research out of the U.S. and London shows that shouting at children can be just as harmful to them as sexual or physical abuse. This was a study that was commissioned by the U.K. charity Words Matter, uh, which was published this month in the Journal of Child Abuse and Neglect, and it calls for childhood verbal abuse, they abbreviate it with CVA, to be officially recognized as, quote, a form of maltreatment. They looked at 149 different quantitative studies and 17 qualitative studies, and the authors found that the the, uh, definitional themes of abuse included negative speech volume, tone, speech content, and their immediate impact. And the most common perpetrators of CVA are parents, mothers, and teachers, the study found. I thought they were going to come to the conclusion that it was just straight white cis male fathers, but they call it, they uh, say it's, it's parents, so both mothers and teachers. And they say that the abuse can create an underlying emotional and psychological repercussion and effect. You know, obviously, you know, you can't just berate your kids. I get that. But comparing yelling and shouting to the equivalent of sexual or physical abuse is kind of interesting. And I I just look at it from the standpoint of, you know, and I have two girls and I'm a talk show host. Like, I can't shut up like greg's like (laughs) break at 57 i end up breaking at 58 i don't know where the time goes i really don't i try and i swear to god dawn like you know there's times where Kristen would be like you're you're yelling i'm like i am i don't even i I don't even realize it like because i'm just used to having a microphone like in my face for 20 straight hours and it sometimes it's not even necessarily the tone it is the volume so I i think to some extent yes there's a little bit of validity to this but to the extent of sexual or physical abuse, like there has got to be a point where you lay the law down. This is just my philosophy. Anybody disagrees, we can we go have a conversation about it. 
you know, where you have to lay the law down and make it known that, okay, you're not going to do this. You're not going to get away with that. That will not be tolerated. And, you know, you say it politely, respectfully, loving and caring. And then you get to the third time you got to say it or the fifth time you have to say it. I just feel like we're getting to the point now where we are, and I'm just generalizing here, we are creating this um, like uh, environment where we're not preparing our children for what life's going to hit them with. Because there's going to be a point once they're 18 or 16 or 21 or they graduate from college or they're in college or they get their first full-time job and they're going to realize, that, oh, damn, the real world is pretty cold and brutal out here. And it's not really all about your feelings. So I don't know if you have thoughts on this, but I, I find it odd that you can equate the yelling to something as extreme. And my wife was a child social worker and dealt with sexual and physical abuse. I'm actually going to have to talk about it. I'm like, is, is yelling really on the same par? My guess is she says no, but this study would say otherwise. I, I think I know the headline grabs you because you think, oh, geez, here we go. But I will say, I have you ever been in a, a store and that screeching? And it's often a mom who's probably at her wits end, mm-hmm. and she's like in the face of her oldest child, All who's the time. like five, and and it's like screeching in this kid's face, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, you just want to hug this kid. I, you know, or sometimes I, the parents just like letting the kid run amok and you're like, would you like step in and actually like, right. tell your kid this is like a public place? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just think, especially with the mental health thing of, you know, just people have lost their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I had a relative who she screeched at her husband who's now her ex-husband. She screeched at her kid. I literally years ago at my house, I said, can you, I know they're your kids, but can you please just. You're upsetting my kids. Right. Like, I just, I'm talking about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter what they're saying. Yeah. It's upsetting to you as the adult. Right. So I, I do think, you know, I'm not talking about speaking with passion. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, if, if that, that screaming that you hear. And then on top of it, people who are, I mean, the things they say, no matter if they're screeching or whispering, they're that parent who's doing like psychological warfare on their kids. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Nick. I, I just think there are so many ways that you can, like, mess up a kid's head. Right. And so the more that they can let people know, you know, all everybody's problems, if you go back to it, goes back to your childhood. Yeah. Right? We, we talk about that. Or on the other hand, uh-huh. as a parent, the way that you embolden or empower a kid, and usually that's grandparents. You right. remember something, right, that your granddad said, or, or even a parent said that just... You'll never forget when they made you feel so great. Well, grandmas and right? grandparents were put on this earth to right? say yes after <laughs> mom and dad say no, right? Yes. Isn't that the old adage? <laughs> you know, and so I just, you know, I don't mind these studies coming out, but I, I do think that people can take it and then take it to a whole new level. And I think sometimes even parents can be tough on each other to go, oh, you're yelling at the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, or you weren't stern enough. Or you weren't, you know, right. I, I just think, no, you know, it. It's parenting is a 24-7 job, but the fact that they're reminding people, hey, you know, verbal abuse can mess up a kid's head just as much as. Oh, yeah. I wish they would. Yeah, I'm not trying to diminish the mental, yeah, yeah. Half, mental health aspect, but I also feel like we coddle and nurture yeah. like just too much. Yeah. And to your point, I wish they wouldn't even put the just as much as 
so and so. Like, sure. there's nothing worse than. I mean, come on, the yeah. sex abuse. No, I, like, I really, agree. I agree. Or, or be. I mean, my mom chased after us with Hot Wheel tracks. Yeah. You know, like the Hot Wheels. Yeah. And my brother still is, I think, damaged by it. Well, my dad I was the, the faster one, so I usually cut <laughs> away. My dad used to be like, "Shut up, or it's five across the eyes." Right. I turned out just fine. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'd I'll rather get a what. Did you Not get the Hot Wheel track? No, 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 no. This is a movie uh, TV yeah. reference I was seeing. If let's 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 continue this on right. the other side. Yeah, because you have thoughts. I have I have thoughts on this, and, and you're I, entering that time. Yes, in the next couple of years. Were you coddled as an only child, Greg Stalker? I, I mean, no, but it, it's it's. Well, I have thoughts. So let's, All right. yeah, let's yeah, do it on the other side. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. That's how you climb in if you would like to jump in uh, on this study. The cut sheet's just about thirteen minutes out as we continue. Kale and Company Tuesday morning talk radio twelve ten WPHD. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Tuesday morning, what's on the cut sheet inside of 10 minutes? Also still ahead this morning, the hysterical Trump impressionist, Sean Farage at 9 o'clock. John Brazier of the Phillies at 9.30. Phillies-Marlins game one wild card tonight, shortly after 8 o'clock, Citizens Bank Park. But right now talking about a study... In both the United States and the UK, that reveals um, verbal yelling, loud vo- like volume of your voice, can be just as detrimental and impactful to your child as physical and or sexual abuse. Uh, we laid out some of the specifics and details last segment, uh, Dawn and myself also chatting about it. But Stalker, you're entering that point now where your kid's going to be four, five, six, seven years old, and you know, you'll have to do more and more verbally, and I know you have thoughts on this as well. Yeah, I just, you know, we talked this morning about that, um, uh, that video that's been going viral about those punk kids and that punk kid jumping up on the on the back of a car and the woman getting out and basically staring death in the face because her kids are in the car and i think to myself that like you can actually draw a line between this study uh and the and what happened there because if 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 that kid in my opinion i don't know his home life but if he would have been told or if he he would have been yelled at more, told no more, mm-hmm. hadn't been coddled as much. Maybe he wouldn't be doing this. Right. You know what right. I mean? So, like, I think that there is a, you know, we're, parents think that they're trying to do what's right for their kids, mm-hmm. but we're raising a bunch of kids who think that they can do whatever they want to because there's never been any consequences for every, for things they haven't done. That's correct. Or have done. Yeah. No, and like I, I've said to my, my wife at this many times where, you know, not over major fights or instances or, you know, situations with my daughters because they're, they're really well behaved, but there, you know, there's times where they're, you know, they were seven year old twin girls, eight year old twin girls, and they're, they're doing things that seven and eight year old twin girls do. And, you know, I, I let it go once or twice and then I say something, but then if I have to repeat myself and I always try to qualify it with the, whether it's to her or the girls, like at the end of the day, I'm not your best friend. I mean, okay, maybe I am, but like, I'm, I'm also your father. So if you want to get mad at me that I disciplined you, that's fine. Cause I would rather you be cranky about it now and then you end up being successful and I, I put you on the right track than being your buddy buddy, letting you get away with everything. Yeah. And then you're 16 and this happens or you're, mm-hmm. you're 22 and that happens. Like, you know, it's my job to get you ready for when, when, when 18 comes and you're not my issue anymore. Cause I'm saying that facetiously. Um, you're ready to go. I'm trying yeah. to get you ready for the game of life. Yeah. Because it's going to change when you you know, you know get to school. Yeah, I think, I mean, there are so many different layers to what we're talking about. I mean, what Greg is saying, you know, the 
person who has has a firearm and shoves it in the face of a mom who gets out. I think the mom is getting out of her vehicle probably in a in an like instinctual, almost primitive way, much like an animal would try to draw away um, a predator from the nest. Yeah, I mean that was that's pretty primitive stuff there. That that mom had the gumption to get out of her vehicle to mm-hmm. take away the attention and get that that gunman away yeah. from her kid i mean that's wow that's some deep stuff right and not there. to mention she's outnumbered too oh yeah she's outnumbered 20 to she 1 she had no fear none all she was thinking was i want my my babies my two-year-old my five-year-old to be okay i know so she's an example of an awesome parent right and so parenting matters and to greg's point too because too often we say well the culture of crime in the city we can't, you know, Larry Krasner, the DA, is not your daddy, mm-hmm. okay? And so ultimately, it does come down to parenting, and we can't put it all on city officials or government, and I get that. On the other point, when you talk about parenting, yep, I do think there's an aspect where parents battling back and forth sometimes, that too can be a way of abuse. In other words, a parent might critique another parent in front of the kids, because it's like this passive aggressive thing, mm-hmm. which really not about the kids. Right. It's not about the way daddy's speaking to the kids. It's really a passive aggressive way of psychological warfare. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, you know, what a great, you know, what a great thing, you know, mommy or daddy, they're not trying to right. yell at you. Look at how they, you know, wow, they love you so much. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're raising their voice or speaking passionately. So I think some of this stuff is really deep stuff with parents in front of the kids doing stuff or fighting, mm-hmm. you, could you say any and any of this is a form of abuse? If you want to say that, sure. And I think it's all worth the conversation for any married couple or or even a divorce, you know, divorced couple or never married couple where they're parenting the kids right. to have the conversation yep. to say, let's be the best parents we can be in front of the kids. I agree. A I lot just, of layers to it. Yeah, I I agree. I just feel like we are. It, it's everything is like, well, we can't do this because it, it it's going to uh, give uh, Johnny social anxiety when he gets older. We can't do that because he's going to be in therapy and and mm-hmm. he, he's going to yeah. be dealing with like that kid who put a gun in a face mm-hmm. of a mother while her two children, her two young children are in the back. What kind of sick, deranged individual is right. that kid? Right. You know what I mean? Like, 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 instinctively. I know. You know, she, you said she reacted instinctively. Instinctively, if I saw that, like, you have a mother. Everybody has a mother. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you're putting the, a gun in the face of your own mother. Wow. Well, That's deep. Do, I mean, well said. And yeah. I think to what Greg just said, I suspect that the individual who did that will find out. Right. Uh, maybe does have, I mean, does have mommy issues. In other words, I seriously doubt that individual has parents who are caring and loving mm-hmm. and maybe not even a grandparent in, in their lives. Because I think your odds, if you even have a even one caregiver, somebody, your auntie, I have a dear friend who basically was raised by a neighbor, by a, I mean, I, you, you know, you should hear some people's story, but if you have one person, mm-hmm. one adult in your life right. since you were a kid, your odds of surviving and being successful go up, you know, in a monumental manner. Yep. I suspect that a lot of the people that we're talking, that Greg's talking about right now, that person was never really loved, never really nurtured, does not have even one caregiver yeah who really dedicated himself or herself to that individual and probably a cowboys fan to boot so. <laughs>
855-839-1210. Let me grab uh, Lenny is in Pittman. He's got some thoughts on uh, Mr. Bowman and the fire alarm situation <laughs> over the weekend. Lenny, what's going on this morning? Uh, I just have to comment is uh, I think you're spot on. The, the bottom line is too many parents think they were their kid's best friend today. Sounds to me like that young man needed the, the good wooden spoon, the belt, or go to the tree and get a twitch or a switch or whatever they call it. I mean, that that's just astronomical to me that you would do something like that in life. Really. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, listen, Mr. Bowman, um, evidently an educated man, was a principal at a school. If he can't understand the word fire, then my concern would be that he was in such a rush to vote that, you know, you have to vote yay or nay. And, you know, them words are pretty similar. He might not be able to understand which one is yes and which one is no. And I think he might be confused when he... Uh, you know, takes his vote, and I don't know why everybody's getting all excited about this. You know, I mean, what an idiot! Really? Yeah. No, you're right. And it's funny you say the yay or nay stuff, and we appreciate the call, Lenny. I'm thinking back to you know, obviously she's passed away now, but I mean, I can understand Diane Feinstein at 90 when she's completely out of it, not understanding the simple procedure of yay or nay. But to your point, Bowman, who continues to kind of double down, and also. Bowman just continues to come off befuddled. He's like, I don't understand what the stink is about all of this, which you'll hear from him coming up in a little bit. But, um, you know, the, the last thing, too, with the, on the parenting front, before we get to the cut sheet, you know, there was, uh, Don, you, you gave us the story. What was the one kid? Um, I, that's who it was. The, the, the Sheltonham kid who, I believe, wasn't it the kid who murdered Officer Christopher Fitzgerald? Wasn't well, the he the Bucks County kid. In Bucks County kid. And he apparently came from like a really nice family and a good upbringing. You know, I think most of the time you guys are correct when you say you probably had bad parenting or a lack of a guardian. But then every now and then you do have situations where somehow the parents were, you would think, relatively pretty good at raising their child. And then the kid just somehow goes rogue and goes off on his own. And you know, I know that's kind of the outlier here, but, you know, sometimes you can do everything possible as a parent and still end up with these, you know terrible outcomes so you know i remember the columbine killers and they said oh look they were from a good home just because you grew up in a house that's a half a million dollar house does not mean that's a good home does not mean those are good parents very true and so whatever was going on and i know the parents in the case of uh the miles pfeffer is the suspect that's who it is right yes and and so now um sergeant Chris Fitzgerald's family is you know, wife and the and representing the children. They have filed a lawsuit Good. against the family of Pfeffer to hold them accountable for knowing, you know, certain things. And remember that there was weird the mom was accused of picking him up and there are a lot of details that are coming out in the courts. But ultimately I would you know, we'll find out all the details. But the eighteen year old mild Pfeffer, his father, mother, and the mother's partner another man they've all been named in the lawsuit alleging negligence and wrongful death Hmm. okay for for their to take accountability because as a juvenile the family is alleging that this bucks county teen uh the family should be held liable they say because they coddled this teen yeah you know through juvenile years and through some alleged criminal activities okay yeah, that's what I was trying yeah, to make the point yep. earlier. Yep. All right, there you go. 747, it's a Tuesday, and it's time for another edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet?
What's on the cut sheet on this Tuesday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and, pu- and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Thank you, Cherry Hill Volvo, for sponsoring the ever-important Tuesday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. Let's uh, piggyback off of what... Lenny in Pittman, New Jersey, okay. was talking about uh, Jamal Bowman. This thing still is is he's sticking by his son his his assertion that he thought that it was he he was just trying to get out of the door, and he thought that pulling that red alarm that everybody knows is a fire alarm. He he's he's asserting that 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 is his. <laughs> rationale for doing this. He also doesn't know why this has gotten so much attention. Oh, no. Uh, cut to here, Daniel. Uh, do you still stand by your statement that when uh, fire alarm was announced? You know, I don't know why this has gotten so much attention. I was literally just in a rush to go vote, man. That's all it was. <laughs> Are you afraid of any repercussions, either from leadership or from legally, from capital police? I, I mean, listen, I take responsibility for what I did, you know, but like I said, I was in a rush to go vote, and, uh, you know, the investigation will, will, will sort everything else out. Uh, have you talked to Jeffries about it? Oh, yeah, of course. That's day one. Yes. How was that conversation? Well, I got to keep that between me and the leader, so I'm not going to share that publicly. Yeah, uh-huh. but we've been in touch with each other. You know, and Matt, you know, we've been talking a lot about court cases lately and Trump and uh, civil court. Could you imagine if this was a criminal case and Bowman's defense before a judge and a jury was, I thought, pulling the fire alarm would spring the door open? Now, maybe there's an instance or a case in the past where in the history of fire alarm door connections, pulling a fire alarm has sprung open a door. I've never (laughs) seen it physically happen before. No. But then again, I've been wrong. I've created words that don't exist on this show. So maybe there's like a sliver of a shot, but come on. By the way, what they're saying is that if you, if he would have pulled that, the door would have opened or it would have been unlocked because I guess the door was locked or something. Mm-hmm. It, usually when a door, you know, it's a button you push, isn't it? Yes. So it's not something you pull. Right. It's a button you push or you swipe. Yeah, or you actually just do what they used to have on those doors where they have those big metal handle rails and you just push it down and it goes and it opens up. Like, I've never seen a fire alarm springing open a door. (laughs) It's remarkable. To your point, I think that he was banking on the fact that the way he was saying it, he would, because he didn't, I guess, realize that he would, they would, they would put up the surveillance image. And so there are doors sometimes where on the door, if you push on it, it will set off the fire alarm. Yes. But that's not what this is. Right. This is a door. And then to the right of it is a bright yeah. red rectangle. Right. That says, pull down this be, big red are, lever. Yes. There right? are some doors that say fire exit, emergency exit only. Do not go through this. Alarm will sound. Yeah. We've, all, we've all seen that. Some yeah. of us have done that yeah. intentionally <laughs> or accidentally. Yeah. This is the complete opposite. Yeah. This is a historical first. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it, in the parking garage right across, the, right across the street here, if you go all the way down, like all the way down to the first floor, yeah. and you try and leave there, it says fire exit. Mm-hmm. So the first time I tried to do it, I was like, well, I don't want to do this because alarms are going to sound. Right. So I went back upstairs and I talked to the person at the gate there and they were like, no, 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 you can, no alarm's going to sound. Yeah. Just go out that way. 
But like my first instinct is if it says fire, you know, fire exit, mm-hmm. an alarm is going to sound as soon as you go out there. Yeah. So I don't know why he thought pulling a fire alarm would. I don't. It just it makes did, absolutely no sense. The point is he lied. Of yes. course he pulled yeah. right. Of he, it's he pretty did. obvious. This, but what I'm saying is the depth of the lie because he was banking on the fact that people would infer wrongfully that it was one of those doors that oh you push on the door and it sets it off. Yep. And so that it's like a double lie. Yeah. It's the depth of his. So and and now for him to double down and triple down, what a liar! Mm-hmm. You know, it just it clearly, dude, you pulled a fire alarm because you wanted to delay the vote. It's obvious what. And so this is ridiculous. And then you played AOC, <laughs> who did have lovely eye makeup. They did a great job on her eye makeup and yeah. hair and makeup and CNN. But yeah. so even though she looked good fabulous sounded good the truth is they're all lying yeah the only question i have now was that it was he the lone person to come up with this concoction and idea or was he told to do this or like oh that's a good one you know because the democrats they're so good they are like did jeffrey give him the wink the nod like hey remember we talked about go do it well uh uh, donald trump is on the uh is on the youtube chat welcome in mr former hey hey don um (laughs) he says my question is how did they how did he react after he did it? That's a great question. Okay. Like, we see the video of him mm-hmm. pulling it. Right. What was his reaction at? Like, was it a stun? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Then because maybe that would believable. That would... That would Stupid, exo- but still believable. That would that would exonerate him. Yeah. So, yes. I now, mean, not, just does it, not, not for being a moron, but... Right. Yeah. For, but so we want to see the entire... Yeah. Yes. If he just does it nonchalantly mm-hmm. and goes about his business like he was told to do or figured he could get... And the other thing is, you are aware that you're... In a federal government building, there's not an inch of that building that is not under video surveillance. Yeah. So, I mean, that <laughs> takes some stones, man. Well, Whoopi and Sonny Hostin and the ladies on The View uh, tied themselves in knots trying to defend him, even suggesting that there's a GOP plot behind. Oh, it's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is, this is, your brain's going to hurt after, after these explanations. Cut five. It's absurd that you would expect someone to vote on a multi-trillion dollar bill that they didn't have time to read. Which brings us to... (laughs) My buddy Jamal Bowman. All right, so... Okay, so Democratic House member uh, allegedly pulled a fire alarm. Um, He claims that it was because he was trying to get to the House floor. Allegedly. We don't have to say allegedly. Yeah. He admits admits to doing it. Yes. And has apologized. (laughs) Yes. It's on video and there's an admission. Yeah. These people are so afraid of their own shadows. They don't even know when they're supposed to use allegedly or not. Yeah. I, it seemed, the video seems to say, or pictures suggest otherwise. I think it was because the CR came out and he wanted more time to read the bill. But rather, again, than Congress passing a bill that would allow for him to have more time to read it, he literally pulled the fire alarm. It'd be like if I was like didn't like the next topic and I pulled the fire alarm and ran out. We just can't do well, that. What's, what's absolutely ridiculous, wait, wait, though, wait. is that there's MAGA Republicans that are somehow oh, equating please. this guy doing this infantile stunt with January 6th. To my knowledge, nobody died because this guy pulled that stunt. And, and to my knowledge, nobody was bleeding nobody was attacked because of this stunt and and i I don't want to call it a stunt yet there's going to be an investigation (laughs) i know jamal and so again i'm a little biased but the doors that are normally open so that he could get to the chambers to read were somehow miraculously closed Uh, how did that happen so yes sometimes you're freaking out and you're in an elevator and you're pressing all the buttons it goes to them not having the time it is quite possible that he was trying to get there and 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 the door not panic but you know if you're not looking so what is she it was a staged rig job 
They, the Republic, the, Ma- was, the MAGA Republicans. It was an inside job. Yes, the MAGA Republicans locked all the doors. They were they fought how Bowman would think, yeah, yeah. and they wanted to deny his plot. So I actually think it's fair to question now who do, who we should blame for this. Do we blame MAGA Republicans? Mm. Can we blame climate change? Is this actually an overt act of racism? <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's that's yeah. coming soon. I, I, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of possibilities here, folks. It's 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 the school systems that he went to. Yes, he was. Uh... Speaking of schools, this guy was a principal of a school. Like yeah. you tell the kids, don't pull a fire, <laughs> right? Don't pull the fire yeah. alarm. Was he a principal? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yes, yeah, what Lenny uh, Lenny and Pittman said when he called <laughs> in. Yeah, uh... so he he fully knew what he was doing. And by the way, the truth is. It's because I looked it up. Is it a crime? So at a state level, it's a it's a first degree misdemeanor, up to five years in prison, ten thousand dollar fine. Wow! And then <clears throat> if you cause a panic and call emergency services, which did not happen here, that's up to seven years in prison, fifteen thousand dollar. But there's also the fact that it happened in a federal building. Well, that's the yeah felony mm-hmm. crime. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is why this needs to be. Inv- I want to see the tape after mm-hmm. his reaction will uh-huh. tell everything. Release everything. Yes. If he shows, if his reaction is like "OS," I can't believe I just did this. Then okay, maybe he's just a, a dumbass. Mm-hmm. As but, they as they said in the OJ trial with the Furman tapes, release the tapes. <laughs> uh, more from the View. Because it's a door that's normally open. You just go and you press a button. You know, it's a fire alarm button. Like, I'm so scared of that. I I don't know because I don't know what it. So, so her 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 thinking is that if you if a door won't open, you just press a bunch of buttons Mm -hmm. and, and hope that it opens. Yeah. It's like a video game. What's behind door number one? <laughs> this is actually the scene from The Breakfast Club when they're sitting in the library and the door closes and yep. Vernon comes in. He says, why is that door closed? <laughs> Sir, screws fall out all the time. We're an imperfect world. We're an imperfect world. Uh, I was waiting for a for a Breakfast Club I was due for one. reference. Yeah. I haven't seen the fire alarm button, so I don't fire. know. Yeah, I don't know. It was a like, fire exit only sign. It was like, no, active. because you have to break glass to press the to get to the button. That's I, true. I don't See? know. I feel like, what world is she living in? You have to break glass to get to the button? You know, <laughs> watching these um, individuals on this show make me contemplate what I'm doing and if makes me think do people think I'm as dumb as these people? Like, no, are we, are nobody we, uh, thinks you're as dumb as I mean, those people. <laughs> we're debating over fire alarms, Taylor Swift's impact on a football game. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I've never really. I, I might have to on the one year anniversary. I'm going to go into deep thought later today and contemplate my future. Yeah. It, it's true. If he did this out of malice, uh, then he should be. Uh, I, I, I guess kicked out of con. Like right? <laughs> I, I mean, or if he didn't, then he should be kicked out because he's. He's, he's too stupid to vote. <laughs> no, it, the truth is, I mean, was he not obstructing an official congressional yeah. vote? And that's why they're they're all freaking out because they're saying, if you want to say that January 6th, that uh, people dress in a Chewbacca bikini, going to Nancy Pelosi's office and taking selfies, etc., were obstructing justice then somebody purposely and intentionally pulling a side fire alarm that has nothing to do with a door when there's an important vote that they're trying to delay, is that not obstruction of an official congressional vote? I would think it is. You know, just thinking about this past weekend, I said this yesterday, 
This is this is the sad state of affair where we are affairs with where we're at with American politics. We've got we've got two guys on the Republican side of the party on Twitter saying bring it just brought it. And then on the Democratic side we've got guys pulling fire alarms. Yeah. This is such a sideshow circus. Like these are our elected officials that we pay the salaries of. Yeah. And they're turning into a WWE promo. And one and and one was so old uh she died yes. last week. Like, yes. It's just, it's, we, yeah. like China and Russia are probably are like, laughing. look at that nation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but to your point, look at how the Democrats are all coming to Bowman's of course. aid of and course. all rallying around him. Then they get the media and the mm-hmm. ladies at the cackling at the view. Yep. They're all rallying around him. If this guy, if a Republican did this, there would be other Republicans who would say, there, there, you know, there would be Republicans who go, Clearly, the guy. Let's throw the dude out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yep. know, yeah. They would just say, I don't, uh, know. I don't know. George Santos is still there. So let's that's not, true. Santos yeah. is still there, yeah. but they don't talk about him. That's yeah. true. Well, AOC pivoted to Santos when she was that's asked true. about Bowman. Uh, <laughs> it's like what? But there were calls by Republicans to oust Santos, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Uh, well, there were calls by Democrats to oust. Menendez. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, we continue. Know, it seems pretty fire alarm to me. I don't know. It just looks like a butt. I can't see the butt. I well, think he could. He was a little close. Did anybody in this audience uh, pull a fire alarm to get out of a seventh grade test? <laughs> Brian, raise your hand. Yeah, we know you did, Brian. I guess my point is, you know, if you're not sure, then put it up for find out what it was, as opposed to just saying, you know, you did this to do that because. When people pull stunts, I tend to think that they they may be more full of it than than he is. You know, people who pull this kind of stunt who say, and you only have three minutes to read it. I kind of think, oh, all right, well, maybe. Because I know I would have pressed everything if you told me I had to get in there. I would have pressed whatever I had to press to get the door to open. Because I knew you would expect me not to be there to vote. So you don't know. Good to see Whoopi uh, recovering wow. from COVID. They play music going to commercials there on that show? Yeah. It's, it's what I have to start doing with you two. Oh. <laughs> Can we actually go, and Valdez, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Can we actually go back to that clip there very early on in the clip? It, it's only up there for like a second or two. They show the angle of the door with the fire alarm and the signage. If you could just go back to that and freeze that. I just want to once again look at this and have everybody on YouTube take a look at this because it looked clear as day to me that it was your standard tradition. And we've seen the picture in the New York Post, but this angle looks like it's a little different that they're showing on the view in that clip. I think it's just legitimately you're looking straight ahead at the fire alarm and to the right of your body, you'll see the door and then like yeah, another sign. Yeah, there it is. It says emergency exit only. There's a bunch of red signs there that says uh, push, yeah. push until alarm sa- sound. What? Push until alarm sounds. I think that's it. Yeah. Push Emer- until alarm sounds? Push. Oh, if they're. Okay. In the case of. I guess. Door the- will. Unlock in. Is that what he's claiming his defense is? Is that he thought that if he was pushing that, I, I I don't know. I don't know. But it shows him. The picture shows him not touching the alarm on the door. It's right, to the, right. He's pulling it's on the, the fu- wall. Yeah, to the side of the door, and it's like a lever that you pull that down. Correct. So now, he's not pushing. And I'm not making a defense for him, but I'm also looking at the color of the signs, and the signs almost match up with the color of the fire alarm box. 
No, he's he can't be he no. can't be that dumb. Uh, Kevin Pools writes on YouTube. Uh, from what I remember, fire alarms in schools shoot ink out to spray on person that pulled said alarm. Uh, no, Kevin, that's just what the teachers told you. <laughs> they did. As somebody who's pulled fire alarms, no. they in schools they don't do that. that. That's what's on those little tags on the high end merchandise in stores. Yeah. Those yeah. little like gel yeah. ink packs, <laughs> so you can't steal them. Um, Fox News Channel's Peter Ducey asked Corrine Jean-Pierre, would Biden ever try to do that uh, uh, by getting out of a meeting by pulling the fire alarm? Cut, cut six. Would President Biden ever try to get out of a meeting by pulling a fire alarm? <laughs> Are you talking about something specifically? Uh, Democratic <laughs> member of Congress pulled a fire alarm around a series of votes. No fire. Is that appropriate? What I can tell you is uh, I've not talking to, spoken to the president about this, uh, and so just not going, just not going to comment. I will leave it up to you. I know there's a house process moving forward right now. I'll leave it to the house. Mm. Yeah, she's. Um, I'm not going to get beyond that. Yeah, I'll leave it to the house. She's going to leave it to the. You know, she'll refer you to. Um, I would refer you to the White House Council. <laughs> yeah. How about Ducey coming in there with a little snark right out of the gate? You know, I love Ducey, but I'm I'm also wondering. I, I've been thinking about this. Um, I wonder how he is. Um, received amongst the, the the little gaggle of reporters that are there on a daily basis. I wonder if they think he's a jerk. They're, or no, they they're him. they're all. I've I've been in that room with them. Yeah, they're all they're all tight because he's he's one of the few that really. And obviously, he works for Fox, so he's going to challenge the Dems more. But he doesn't fall. He doesn't toss up the softball question. You have to remember too. They're sitting in there like an hour or so oh, yeah. before KJP yeah. gets in there. So yep. they're they're there, they're kibitzing, they're, mm-hmm. and it's a small room. Yep. It's a very small room. Yep. So like you, you're sitting close to the people, uh, to your colleagues. Yeah. So I got to tell you what, as much as I love this job, I kind of, I would enjoy doing what Ducey does on a daily basis. Asking I really questions. would. Yeah. yeah. With this administration, with the lack of answers, oh, yeah. I would have a field day with Kareem. She'd hate me. Uh, guys, I just want to let you know our long national nightmare is over. Uh, the late night shows returned last night. Oh, I didn't even know. So uh, all the Jimmys are back. Fallon, Colbert, Kimmel, Kimmel. They all came back last night. Seth Meyers. They Thoughts all came and prayers back. were answered. Oh, uh, it was okay. just they were all uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Let's just play a little bit of these. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel got very emotional. Oh. Uh, say, Did anybody miss them? Did any of them bash Trump in their opening return? Well, it's funny you say that because <laughs> I have to, they 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 left off right where they or yep. they picked up right where they it's left. Like getting off. back on a bike. Uh, Jimmy Fallon got emotional mm. about being back on late night. Uh, he's just says he's just grateful uh, to realize how. Or, yes, I. I just realized how grateful I am for all of this. Mm. Uh, Cutting, but I, I had a lot of time. Five months, yeah. a lot of time to really just sit and think, you know. And uh, I, 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 I had, I just finally just took a moment, and I, I, I just realized how grateful I am for all of this ah. and for this show. I really, <laughs> yes, thank you. Even though I treat my coworkers like crap, they walk around <laughs> on that show. Yeah, that- I really love this job. I love doing it. I love telling jokes. I love interviewing people. I love making you laugh. Uh, I'm very lucky to have this show, and I want to thank you all for supporting and uh, choosing to have me in your bedrooms at nighttime. Uh, this is I, what I love to do. To your point, Nick, I think that that little emotional apology was a 
reaction to that New York Post. Absolutely. Absolutely. He knows people are aware of that. Because he addressed it, by the way, when when it first came out. It's not like he said, this is completely mm-hmm. bogus. He went out on one of the social medias and mm-hmm. said, you know, I to anybody yeah. I have ever offended, I apologize. Yeah. I never meant to create that sort of working environment. I mean, I'd be I'd be grateful to make $17 million a year for an hour show a day. Five and a half year. months they were off for. Yeah. Well, that's my question. Did he get paid for five and a half months? Yeah, he has a contract. He has mm-hmm. a contract. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he had five and a half months. Paid. What did he do? Uh, well, in it's a part of a longer clip, uh, but he says he hung out with his children a lot, huh. and they all applauded when he's, wow. he, he announced he was going back to work. Well, that's good. Um, but, yeah, five and a half months to sit on the beach. And that's, what that's, the that's what I think about doing every day. Think about it. They uh, April is when they stopped. Mm-hmm. They started yesterday, October yep. 2nd, so he basically had all spring and summer off. They basically took off wow. as soon as Dylan Mulvaney took off, <laughs> and they've been out of commission ever since. Well, they picked up right where they left off, Stephen Colbert talking about his favorite subject. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you think that is? Trump. DJT. Cut nine. Also got a visit from Donald Trump today. Okay. No. No, you're happy he was here. Because he's attending a civil trial that he has already lost. You see, last Tuesday, last Tuesday, last Tuesday, last Tuesday, the judge in this case took the rare step of issuing a summary judgment, ruling that when it came time for him to apply for loans, Trump persistently committed fraud by inflating the value of his assets and said that Trump was living in a fantasy world, not the real world. Yes. A fantasy world where he won the election, windmills kill whales, and this is 215 pounds. There you go. All right, so he's got material. The Trumpster giving it to him a little bit, although you listen to, I mean, yeah, okay, summary judgment, that's that's factual there with what he said, but then you hear Trump yesterday and his legal team about 80%, so it looks like it'll probably end up being, my guess is um, a much lesser, I don't want to say verdict, but... Uh, final outcome as opposed to what we're hearing. Yeah, but the summary, the the ruling by the judge was just trying to um, was taking them to, was pre-trial. Correct. So the right, so the judge was just trying to parse through and say this is what'll be in, this is what'll be out. Then yesterday, the judge indicates, well, uh, yeah, the statute of limitations has run out because you know these cases, these business dealings go back to. 2014 mm-hmm. in a case that was just filed a year ago and similarities here too between the two cases in new york with Letitia james and alvin bragg because as you recall the alvin bragg stormy daniels mm-hmm. thing remember they had to bootstrap it to re re basically reignite the statute of limitations that ran out so both of these new york cases you can obviously either prove or make a strong case that the statute of limitations the clock so to speak expired Right, so why did she file, why did Letitia James file something last year knowing that the statute of limitations w- would would be running out? And why wasn't that filed? I mean, we're talking about 11 years ago? Right. Uh, come on. I, I mean, what what's going on? Why, why or excuse me, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. um, almost 10 years ago. Correct. So why were they filing something a year ago based on something that happened way back when campaign promises because he was running for president and he's running yep those two right? together yep so i you know to me i'll be interested to see what this because the judge can't deny the facts and you have new york city lawyers right mm-hmm. who are up there saying 
you're talking about the real estate industry. The judge also did acknowledge that when he talks about the value of Mar-a-Lago, because they're saying it's worth a billion dollars, it's a Mona Lisa real estate entity. Mm-hmm. The judge acknowledged, the judge said yesterday, hey, I was just looking in the court, the tax record. Wow. So the judge did acknowledge that. So that I think those were all, I'll just say, encouraging signs. There you go. Uh, one more, Jimmy Kimmel, also uh, picked up right where he left off, cut 10. <laughs> one of our writers got this message from his mother this morning at 6.11 a.m. She wrote, please don't make tonight's monologue all about Trump. <laughs> well, sorry, Josh's mom, that is a new can-do. I've got... I am backed up like you would not believe. He's, he's backed up like you wouldn't believe, so mm-hmm. he needs to... You know, I, I, I don't... Because I mentioned about... They all do the same thing. I'm I know. Sorry. I mentioned, okay. like, the whole Trump derangement syndrome and the big take and then coming out of it with the, the Sam Bankman-Fried story. Mm-hmm. I don't know who needs Trump more. CNN and MSNBC or the late-night talk mm-hmm. shows. I mean, the only one that gets relatively respectable ratings is because they kind of compete with Fox is MSNBC. But CNN's in the tank. The late-night shows have been dead for a long time. And it's just like... And I understand this is the way it's always kind of been, and there's always been political humor, and it's certainly, you know, Trump's an easy target. But it's like, you just, you wonder why you're at the point where you almost need a complete reboot of the format. Like you were just saying right there, Greg, like, you know, it's the same thing over and over. And these guys are still making killing despite the fact their ratings are down. Yeah, why do you need writers? Was that really clever comedy? It's a constipated comedian who's not even funny it's but it's not just that you know because i you know political humor is funny and even if even if they're attacking the person you like Mm -hmm. done well it can be funny yeah but do we really need three late night hosts on at the same time it's oversaturated all literally telling the same jokes literally telling the same jokes Mm -hmm. just flip back and forth the monologue Trump this, Trump that, Trump, 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 Trump. It, it's it's the same stuff. And so, just so I got this straight, because I don't watch them, uh, Jimmy Fallon's NBC, Jimmy Kimmel's ABC, and Colbert's CBS? That's right. Okay, and those are the three. There's not yeah. a fourth one out there? Yeah, and then and then if you wait, and then if you wait longer, uh, if you stay up till 1235, you can have Seth Meyers doing his bad uh, John Stewart in. And he's another MB, he's another NBC guy because yeah, yeah. Fallon and Myers were SNL people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't find Jimmy Fallon the least bit funny. I never have. But at least he tries to do other stuff mm-hmm. other than politics. Colbert and Kimmel, that's all they do. I disliked him from the days of his SNL days when he was the Robin to Will Ferrell's Batman in that era. And I'll never forget the, uh, not the celebrity, well, the celebrity Jeopardy bits were great, but the um, the Christopher Walken bit, Blue Oyster Cult, yeah. uh, the Bruce Dickens thing. Mm. Jimmy Fallon had a tendency, not just in that skit, but in other skits, to always break character yep. and giggle mm-hmm. like a little seven-year-old. Like, He's telling you it's funny before you determine what's mm-hmm. funny, or there's like an inside joke from a rehearsal earlier in the week, and I have hated that ever since I... I just don't like Jimmy Fallon. I, I don't understand the Jimmy Fallon thing. Uh, Alina Haba, Haba uh, was on Newsmax last night denying Trump's failure to get uh, the jury. Um, she said it was, was not her fault, uh, and... S- saying basically that's not how it works so we talked about this earlier this morning about how 
you said that there was some sort of uh, loophole or some something they didn't fill out to to select a jury. Mm-hmm. She's saying that's not true. Okay. Uh, this is Alina Haba. I don't know. Hubba, saying, bubba, bubba. I don't know if I'm saying your name right. Yeah, exactly, Eric. He disregarded. There were expert opinions that we didn't get to put on trial. There were decisions like that. And I have to address this one common uh, misconception in the press. And unfortunately, uh, it, it just keeps getting repeated, which is that we had this great option to have a box checked for a jury. No, we didn't have that. That's not how this works. They brought it under Section 6312, which is a very narrow, not appropriately used section of the law, which is for consumer protections, not this. And that is why we're sitting here in front of a judge dealing with values of property where real estate Anybody with real estate brains, anybody with real estate experience, even laymen can understand that a tax assessment is not the same as the market value of your property, period. And the point being, the people who the only harm that could have come to anyone were the lenders, the insurers. And they're like, no, we're fine with this. This really feels like they're just going after Trump, not because someone was harmed. They just want to go after Trump. They're more than fine. They made some banks over a hundred million dollars in interest. The banks were paid back in full. There was absolutely no defaults, no notices of default. Every loan was paid back and paid back sometimes early. This is a joke. The city of New York is falling apart and we have an AG attacking Trump from before she was even in office because it's a political ambition of hers. That's why the podium was ready for her. Okay, so very good points, uh, and obviously uh, tax assessment versus market value, two totally different things when it comes to a piece of property. But it, herein lies the, the debate and the question that we're having about whether or not, because I gave you this story coming out of the big take this morning at 6.30, and the headline was Trump won't have a jury in his New York fraud trial because his lawyers didn't request one. And this is from Mediate.com, and obviously his attorney that you just heard there is saying that's not the case. Uh, but they say, quote, Contrary to Trump's complaint that he was, quote, not even allowed to have a jury, he absolutely did have the power to demand a jury trial. If only his attorneys had checked a single box on the front page of a standard New York court document. That seems almost too entry level of a a mistake for anybody to make. They go on to say, in a civil case, the parties have all the right to request a jury. The only reason a trial would proceed without one is if both sides decline to demand one. Here, the prosecutors declined to to so in their notice for trial as seen in the screenshot below in this story below of a section of the first page by checking the box next to quote trial without jury i would love to actually hear what jonathan turley has to say about this i tend to believe her as in trump's attorney that you just heard over what you know a media outlet is claiming because one's an attorney and one's not but it seems to me that it would be it would be really hard for the trump legal team to botch that like i mean that would be like a fireable offense so so somebody's either confused or somebody's lying well she cited the specific so i think 16 or whatever yeah so i think in general people were saying oh it's a civil trial of course they had a chance they didn't know that they filed it leticia james did not want a jury that's what i infer from that which is interesting okay Mm -hmm. are you eating I was taking a bite, but Dawn was brief there. Can't you uh, can't you wait till after the segment? Or sugar getting a little low. <laughs> okay. Uh, Representative Matt Gates filed a motion to oust uh, <laughs> uh, Speaker McCarthy 
uh, as House Speaker. He reacted to that yesterday, and this is what he said. Kevin McCarthy's true coalition partner on all things of substance has been the Democrats this Congress. He worked with Democrats on the debt limit bill, and only Democrats are really campaigning on that bill. Republicans aren't campaigning on the debt limit bill. That was a Democrat bill passed with mostly Democrat votes. Then we get to the appropriations process, and Speaker McCarthy purposefully delayed us. He tried to back us up against shutdown politics. He tried to not pass single-subject spending bills. And at the end of the day, he had to utilize Democrats to pass a continuing resolution. Explain the timing. Yeah, I'm going to be doing it this week. If this does fail, will you bring this up again? Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things I want to say that I have not said on on Monday's show about this little uh, riff that has been now going on for at least nine months, probably even longer. And like, by the way, if we're just assessing the battle within the GOP, I think more people agree with and align with Matt Gates than Kevin McCarthy. I think a lot of people want Kevin McCarthy out, and in most instances, justifiably so. But there is some concessions and negotiations that come with the territory and the job duty of Kevin McCarthy that whether you like it or not, that's, you know, just kind of, you know, as Trump would say, the art of the deal. Sometimes you have to, you have to give a little to get a little. That being said, you know, this is going to be one of those things as, as the Republicans narrowly took back the house in the midterms and the red wave that we were predicting and projecting never came. We're going to look back on this session where the Republicans had control of the house. And, and, and if all of these investigations uh, result in nothing, and, you know, the, the, the Democrats take back the House the next time around. You know, this is going to be one of these ridiculous infighting battles that we're going to look at and say, you know, you, you embarrassed your party and those who voted for you. And I just want to say this as well. Like, the Democrats have never been weaker. Their policies have been hijacked by the far left and the progressives. All their policies fail. All of their leaders are aging, decrepit swamp monsters that shouldn't even be working at a Walmart right now. Like, if you can't beat them now, the, I, I don't know that they're ever going to be as worse, as, as bad as they are now. And we're going to look back on this era and be like, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm done with you, Gates. I'm done with you, McCarthy. Quit jerking my chain with all your Twitter fights. Like, we have two of the most recognizable figures in the party. Having a social media spat with one-liners, yeah. yep. like it's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's what we have? Yep. And we lose? Come on. Well, I, I think I think a lot of people can get behind, you know, the, the, the delay of the, you know, that spending bill and the government shutdown because, you know, we have the right to know where our tax dollars are I, going. And absolutely. I think fights like that are healthy for sure. our country. And I think we need more of them. I think, to be honest with you, if we didn't have as many rubber stamp bills like this, I think, you know, uh, we would be in a lot better shape. Uh, that being said, though, like this whole thing to oust McCarthy as speaker with Gates, it just, I know he claims it's not personal, but boy, it just it just reeks of, oh, they, I don't I think like they hate him, and I'm going to yep. get him at any you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this is this is who you this is who you have. You know, try and work with it, and and you know, I don't know. And stop the fighting. Yeah. Like, and I can almost. You know, what we should do. We should sit down. We should send Stalker down to the uh, the House of Representatives. And as far as all these one liners on Twitter, Greg should just walk right into the next session and say the following: Not everything needs to be on Twitter. <laughs> That's for you, Mister Gates, and you, Mister McCarthy. I th- remember when Matt Gates was under investigation. Mm-hmm. For an alleged relationship with a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. Remember that whole thing? Of course. 
I think that McCarthy at that time, when asked about it, said something like, this is serious or what. I wonder if it goes back to that. Now, Matt Gates was cleared of all of that. Gates felt betrayed by McCarthy. But I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it does. It's to the point now where it's not just people well, busting each other's chops. Well, let me just say this. Cause we didn't get to this yesterday. Oh. And Daniel, you don't have the clip, but I'm just going to play it for, for uh, audio wise. J- Jake Tapper asked Matt Gates about that on Sunday. Mm-hmm. How much do you blame Speaker McCarthy for being under house ethics investigation? This is cut eight. Well, last question for you, because the reason you talk about this being uh, about the issue and not animus is because there are a lot of people, a lot of House Republicans who think that there is this personal animus, animus between you and Speaker McCarthy. And I just have to ask you, how much do you blame Speaker McCarthy for the fact that you are under investigation by the House Ethics Committee? How much is that part of what's going on here. Not at all. Jake, I am the most investigated man in the United States Congress. I've been cleared by the DOJ, the FEC by a 5-0 vote, and the people who spread criminal lies about me are sitting in federal prison right now. So I'm fine being investigated by anyone but and everyone. I have seen personal communications between you and other people in which you blame McCarthy for your well, ethics investigation. When Kevin McCarthy went out publicly and said, you know, this isn't about me breaking my word, it's because Gates has ethics problems, uh, certainly that was him gaslighting the ethics committee. But here's the thing, Jake, I'm not alone. People can say this is a party of one. I have tens of millions of Americans who stand with me on this, and I have a requisite number of House Republicans, a sufficient number, to ensure that we don't own Kevin McCarthy anymore. By week's end, he will either not be Speaker or he will be Speaker serving at the pleasure of House Democrats. To be continued. So I, I think at the most basic levels, what the differences start from is Kevin McCarthy is not nearly as conservative as Matt Gates. Matt Gates is very conservative. McCarthy is basically a rhino. And also Matt Gates is very pro-Trump, as is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And then there's that, you know, that faction and that divide within the GOP. But like at the end of the day, if there's been communications about, oh, I don't like him or he did, you know, like I almost want to just be like, like you two grown men, why don't you guys... Go sit down in an establishment, have a couple of bourbons on the rocks, and figure it the bleep out. Agreed. Sorry. Ultimately, a Florida businessman pleaded guilty in a $25 million uh, extortion attempt of Matt Gates's very, very wealthy dad. Mm. So Matt Gates, his answer to all of the... And it was horrible, if you remember... They were claiming that he was hiring underage teenage girls and it was sex tra- human trafficking and all this stuff. Turns out that it was something that somebody was trying to extort money from the dad and blah, blah, blah. It was a federal investigation. So to my knowledge, Gates was cleared of that. Okay. Uh, but Gates, I think when you mess with not only Gates, but also his father. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Carl Mayer on YouTube says McCarthy only became speaker after after 15 rounds of voting yeah. by agreeing to certain parameters if violated he would vacate yep. he agreed yeah. violated said parameters now he should vacate well also i mean think about when we were having this ridiculous fiasco with trying to get the votes and how many rounds it went it's the long it's the it, went, it hasn't gone that long since what 18 uh, 1828 or 1872 i forget yeah. what the date was yeah. but it was uh, historically embarrassing for kevin mccarthy uh, let's lighten it up a little bit because honestly, the whole swamp talking about the swamp makes my head hurt. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Eagles. All these crooked politicians. Uh, did you guys know that uh, wheelchairs are for anyone who gets tired of walking or standing? 
Oh. So, so if you see a wheelchair, okay, and you're tired, you don't feel like walking anymore. You can sit down on it and and, okay. and use them. I did not know that. I didn't either. Wheelchair. Uh, so you get a wheelchair. She gets. Every, everybody gets a wheelchair. Everybody gets a wheelchair. All right. Uh, this person. <laughs> you have to go to YouTube to see, oh, to see these videos. Oh no. There's 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 two I'm going to play back to back that are a little visual. But if you're listening on the Odyssey app, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, this person argues that wheelchairs are for anyone who gets tired of walking. Uh, cut one. I hate when people say that wheelchairs are only for people who need them. Because when they say that, what they mean is... All right. Okay. Well, we oh, there's the nose ring. <clears throat> this is and TikTok. A, and, a, and a mustache. Oh, wow, yes. Well, That's like a Charlie Chapman mustache. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a thin Charlie. Not sure if this is... I, I assume this is a... I assume this is a biological female... Uh, uh, I mean, she I, sounds I like one. Until pro- you are a biological female until proven not yeah. to be a biological female. Um, <laughs> Nose ring, though. Get the, you, yes, you know. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. If you want to see this. Uh, also, if you're watching right now, we're we're at about we're 70 likes away from 200. So if you're watching right now, please hit the like button. I want to get to 200 likes. All right, I'm starting this clip over. Daniel. I hate when people say that wheelchairs are only for people who need them. Because when they say that, what they mean is wheelchair users are for people who are paralyzed. But not everyone who is a wheelchair user, who uses a wheelchair, who needs a wheelchair, is paralyzed. What? Because if you're going to do away with wheelchairs for anyone who has the physical ability to stand for like a couple seconds, I think we should do away with strollers. Mm. Because toddlers can stand. They can walk. They can walk pretty far, actually. If you hold their hand, they can get around fine. You know why we use strollers? Because we do need them. We need them. You cannot tell me that we do not need strollers. And we use strollers for kids who are pretty big, right? Four, five, six years old. You're using a stroller because kids get tired. Their muscles are underdeveloped, just haven't gotten the chance to grow yet and you know what some adults need strollers too mm. random voice uh, getting loud at the end there shades of joe biden um so <laughs> for those that can't see uh pink tank top pink sunglasses um a mop very top. unfit this yeah. is this is a very unfit young how old is this person under 30 yeah oh definitely 22 right? old, yeah. Yeah. early yeah. 20s yeah. yeah so this is a you needs know. needs to drop a few. Yeah. And maybe if she did, she could walk a little further. Right. Stop having people push you around. But a very unhealthy person. Yeah, As get- somebody who my mom was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And first of all, it's hard to get one. They're very expensive, especially the kind that you don't have to push. But for her to diminish, I mean, just in general, I think anybody who needs a wheelchair because of illness or something degenerative or a disability um, man, I can't believe she's not getting blasted. What right makes now. you just go on social media and pontificate about the um, applicable because, situations? Because, every, for... because everybody's a star, Nick. Yeah, everybody's a star. And then you bring in the stroller into the equation. My God. Yeah, my son. We had him in a stroller, mm-hmm. and then at like right as he turned two, he was like, "Nope, don't want this anymore." And just, and just, just mm-hmm. continued. That's a big boy right there. He hated. Hated the stroller. Same with my boys. Good yeah, absolutely. Just, did not want the stroller. I gave all the strollers away. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't like, nah. doesn't like to be pushed. Wants to walk very independent like that, which yeah. is good. And then 
to grow up to be this uh, this this whale of a woman um, <laughs> and sit here and complain on social media uh, that her big behind needs to be in a wheelchair yeah. is just is nauseating. Yeah. By the way, it, it really is a pain in the butt with the old school wheelchairs. Those are th- those yeah. are tough to navigate when you're the one pushing them. Yep. Nowadays, they got like a little joystick on it. They're motorized. I might get one of those for myself, actually. Well, you They're, see, you know how exp- look up how expensive yeah. they are. So for her to, you know, I don't know what her deal is or why she's saying this, but I think to anybody who needs a wheelchair or as a caregiver, it's infuriating. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more that's going to make your head explode. Oh, good. This is an LGBTQ activist who says to hell with the idea of parental rights. Mm, okay. So your parents don't have rights for right. your children. Teachers, all teachers. Says the person who's not a parent. Well, look at this person. Uh, YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Look at this person and yes, they're not a parent. Let's talk about parental rights for a second because it's become evident that it's being used currently in this fight against queer people and especially queer kids who need more protections than ever before. Like in Saskatchewan and in the U.S., parental rights are being used to thwart any rights of autonomy that the kid might have and i'm sorry but kids do have autonomy we've already established this for example if a kid needs a blood transfusion and a Qu- uh, quick question here yeah this is a dude right it i'm i can't i'm trying to look at the, I, I by the sound of this person yes. i'm yeah. thinking this is a a, a man but the, if you the look glare at, on the chest is uh, a little disturbing well i was just going to say if you actually look at the chest it looks very female no uh yeah so there's a there's a wide gap between A to B. Is there an Adam's apple? That's a good question. I didn't know. I was looking tell. for the, I was looking for the mustache. <laughs> no, they, some women do. Some some women do have mustaches. Uh, <laughs> but I I think this is a, a man. Daniel, can we start this uh, <clears throat> video over? Yeah. Uh, Put her in box four. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Let's talk about parental rights for a second because it's become evident that it's being used currently in this fight against queer people and especially queer kids who need more protections than ever before. Like in Saskatchewan and in the U.S., parental rights are being used to thwart no, any Apple. rights of nope. autonomy that the kid might have. And I'm sorry, but kids do have autonomy. We've already established this. For example, if a kid needs a blood transfusion and the parents don't want to, it's not the parent's right to refuse that blood transfusion for that kid because it is life-saving. In the same respect, if a kid only needs to like use a different name and pronoun in school, there might be a reason and a good reason they're not coming out at home. And they need a safe place to be themselves. Safe place. And so to hell with this idea of parental rights when it comes to kids who have their own consent and their own well, bodily autonomy yeah. and their own autonomy to their personhood that need to be protected. Bill L on the YouTube chat says guy shoulders. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely very shoulders. true. Yeah. Yep, yeah. big shoulders. Mm. Yeah, because they're bigger than your normal shoulders. For <laughs> it's funny. Whatever. Uh, this person is not a mom. It's I not know. a parent. I love all these people that don't live the life. Like mm-hmm. the audacity that some people have to try to say what's good parenting and, and what's not when you're not one. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, that that um, example that they gave they yeah. gave about uh the, the blood transfusion. transfusion like i hate to say it but parental rights do oversee everything else yeah like the law yes as as horrible as it is if for whatever reason a parent says no you're not giving my child a blood transfusion mm-hmm. the the hospital can't do that That's they correct. can't just do that i know so she they're wrong but this, it's wrong they're also looking at like a physical issue here with the blood transfusion comparing it to 
what I consider to be a mental health breakdown. I don't think it's a physical issue. Oh, I'm in the wrong body. No, you're you're in the body that biology gave you. Yeah. You're just having a mental fantasy delusional episode. Yeah. Um, Nick, last week you told the story about the New York Post reporter who went into all of these high-end restaurants in New York City. As Fetterman. As John Fetterman and tried to get, uh, sit down at tables. The New York Post released the video of it. Oh my God. So if you want to see this, this is, it's amazing. You can hear it too on the Odyssey app or 1210 WPHT. Uh, but this is New York Post reporter John Levine or Levine. Levine. Going into these high end Jean George restaurants and everything in New York City, dressed as John Fetterman in a sweatshirt and, uh, and shorts. And it goes as exactly as you thought. If you want to see the video, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. I'm wondering if they would actually not allow Fetterman in. I have my doubts. Um, Yeah, but the guy looks like he just rolled out of a Planet Fitness. It is such an amazing bit. I'm so, so upset that I didn't think of it. And he wasn't trying to be over-the-top rude or hilarious. He was just flat-out asking the question there uh, in a a respectful manner. Like, no. No, sorry. It's 12 bucks for a glass of water. You can't have a sweatshirt on. (laughs) Like, no. um, Regardless of their occupation, Uh we've turned away many do you offer specials? I don't know uh, no. who that is. Um, we played this earlier. I want to play it again for those of you that tune in uh, in the uh, latter portion of the program. Uh, Donald Trump spoke yesterday after the court session ended uh, for his fraud trial in New York City. This is cut four. Well, I think that was very good. That last five minutes was outstanding. Because the judge essentially conceded that the statute of limitations that uh, we want at the Court of Appeals is in effect. Therefore, about 80% of the case is over. Uh, I was going to come out and say that, as you know, we're not entitled to a jury, which is pretty unusual in the United States of America. So uh, we think it's very unfair that I don't have a jury. But uh, the judge's last statement was very fair. And if I read it right, I'll let perhaps one of the lawyers speak to it. Maybe you'll speak to it if you would. But uh, the way I interpret that and the way everyone else in the room seems to interpret that is that the statute of limitations uh, is a very real thing in this country. And that would be about 80% of this case would be over. Uh, Could somebody speak to that, please? 
based on the judge's comments at the Based on the judge's comments at the end of the hearing, at the end of the trial today, it would appear that he is agreeing that all the transactions that closed prior to 2014 are now out of the case, which is about 80% of the case. So basically 80% mm-hmm. of the case uh, is over because the statute of limitations uh, yeah. expired. And I, I got to say, you know, for a guy who's usually not in in a good mood with the way things are going, he seems pleasantly um, pleased with mm-hmm. the way, especially the last five minutes went, which, by the way, um, I think we need that on the board. I thought it went well, especially the last five minutes. It's a little hard to hear, though. Yeah, I know. Um, but. You know, starting off the big take this morning mm-hmm. with, you know, this whole circus on display and that judge taking his glasses off, smiling mm-hmm. into the cameras, putting the glasses yeah. back on. That's cause for concern. But if Trump feels like and who about, oh, by the way, he's uh, labeled this judge as a rogue judge. Um, if he feels like it went pretty well, then I mean, if, if Trump's happy, then I think everybody else should be. Yep. Uh, we spoke yesterday, this is the last clip, then we'll get to Dawn. Uh, we spoke yesterday about RFK Jr. making a big announcement in Philadelphia on Monday, and we think that the announcement will be he's going to leave the Democratic Party and run as a independent or a libertarian. The also, also, there's a third-party candidate by the name of Cornell West. Yes, Dawn who, brought him up. Who might, be a, uh, who might be a spoiler for, you know, because there's... Conflicting reports on who uh, J, um, RFK Jr. is going to take more votes from. Is it going to be Biden? Is it going to be Trump? Uh, or maybe a little bit of both? Cornell West, there's no question in my mind, will take all the votes from Joe Biden. Um, and uh, he was on with Hannity last night. And he says, as long as I'm breathing, I will be running in November. Question. Are yes, you yes, yes. 100% going to be running third party? And will you be on the ballot in all 50 states? Brother, if I am breathing, I will be running in November, and we're fighting to make sure we're on the ballot. Why? Because I'm fundamentally committed to trying to elevate this discourse. I'm fundamentally committed for people seeing through the corruption and the unbelievable rot in both parties and the system, and I'm trying to reintroduce America to the best of itself, and for me, that's always Martin Luther King Jr. Let me ask you an honest question. That's the best of the country, brother. That's the best of the country. And believe me, Martin King and so many others were also subject to ugly weaponization, but they were being weaponized because they were tied to the truth. I don't want anybody to be weaponized, even when they're not tied to the truth, like Brother Trump. Well, Brother Sean is, is is married to the truth. You know that. You know me too many years. Wow. How about that? Brother Trump. Yeah, I noticed, too, uh, Sean Hannity, a lot of Democrats, a lot of people on the left on his show. Like, have you noticed this? Sean Hannity, think, Cornell West, he, had he always a, has. Stephen A. Yeah. Smith was coming up next. He always has. Okay. He, he likes the he likes the back and forth. Okay. he's Look, he's not wrong in that. I, no. It's it's interesting, I mean, to hear two people who said, they're like, yes, I agree, no, oh, I agree, yes, I agree. Cornell just, West taking the, the motto of the left, if I'm breathing, I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. I'm 57 or 92, so look, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a very real uh, he could be a very real spoiler uh, in the especially in the African American community uh, and with, uh, with uber left progressives. Oh well, yeah, too, Joe and so. Joe's we've seen Joe struggling in those demographics. Absolutely, and uh, Cornell was not doing him any favors by mm-hmm. running against nope. him. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. 
All right, 842, that'll do it for What's on the Cut Sheet, Part 1. Uh, we've got a lot coming up, 9 o'clock hour. Sean Farage, the great Trump impersonator, impressionist, will join us. And uh, I just saw him in the hallway. Uh, John Brazier uh, of the Phillies will be Woo. with us at 9.30 this morning. Hopefully I swag, uh, swag with him. Swag well, I mean, 45 him. minutes early. Hopefully he's warming up in the bullpen a little yeah. long toss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, we still got a lot of stuff to get to yeah, I know. before yeah. we get to Brazier. Yeah. He'll probably be down the hall. All right, uh, let's get to Don Stenzel's Big Three at 842. It's the Big Three at 8 on Kale and Company. Big Three at 8, a big showdown in a local courtroom. Hunter is due back in a Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware courtroom today. Any minute now, he's expected to plead not guilty to those federal firearms charges, which emerged after his earlier deal had collapsed. So the president's son facing charges that he allegedly lied about his drug use back in October of 2018 on a form to buy a gun, which he kept for 11 days. So that showdown in a local courtroom being watched very carefully, local and national media surrounding the court. And we will bring it to you, certainly bring you all the updates as to what happens. One of the headlines is that... He could face up to 25 years behind bars, his defense team claiming that he has an immunity provision, prosecutors saying, and the judge saying, not so fast, we're following it. Let's take you to the Penn Museum. This is one of my favorite museums in Philadelphia. Well, they're now significantly changing how they display and handle human remains. So this is an updated, this is a new policy the museum has announced. It will no longer display exposed human remains only wrapped remains is this, is this such the as muter, mummies is this the muter museum hmm. the yeah well i think it's the pen museum okay. but yeah maybe it's like in the bait that's like one of the coolest yeah yeah, yeah. like the where they have like the mummies yes and and like brains mm-hmm. from like yeah yeah oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it's God. so cool what do they have? Like brains in like a mason jar? Pickled? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's pickled punks in there. Oh, oh all kinds of cool stuff. Because yeah. they had stuff from, let's say, indigenous peoples, Native American graves. Uh-huh. Look at you They're being all... politically correct. Right? I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh. they've been ripped for that. So they're now changing their policy. And people actually go to see this. Oh yeah. Stuff with human this remains. This is a great. We have the best. I swear, we have the best museums um, in the world. I love all of our museums, but this is yeah. one like when the kids are, I don't know, fifth grade. Yeah. This is the field. This is one of the best field trips ever. So kids will enjoy it because they oh, can kind yeah. of freak out a little bit. Yeah. You have, um, they have more than 10,000 people from around the world, like all this stuff. And a lot of it's like totally unethical from mm-hmm. crazy people. Yeah. But it's the stuff when you're a kid that you're basically fascinated with. Okay. I, I, I tell you, as an adult, I have no interest. <laughs> kind of dis- kind of disturbs me because it's bo- a little bothersome. By the way, would you when you die, are you going to get buried or cremated? It's <laughs> a great question. I'm getting cremated. Me too, yeah. and my ashes are going to be spread yes. uh, all over the I want my ashes Atlantic dumped at the Ocean. link. That's against the law. Your ashes no. dumped at the link is against the law. Nick is trying to uh, thwart the law. Nobody Ma, wants... I made it to the 50-yard line. Well, Nobody one, one wants your nasty ashes, <laughs> so your family has to do potpourri yeah, in I'm, your I, memory. I'm not feeling the casket six feet under worms thing. I want a mausoleum. Yeah? <laughs> How much does that cost? Six know. figures? Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, right. remember that you had the story, Dawn, of the one lady that had been buried for a long time, and 
They brought yeah. her back up. I think she was like a a nun, and yeah, she yeah. was still completely like. Yeah, I want to be frozen. You gonna have your head frozen like yeah, Ted Williams? Like Ted Williams and <laughs> Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get to number three. Yeah, please do. On a lighter, brighter note, Red October, we're back, baby, on this October 3rd. Phillies and the Fish, the Marlins. So it's exciting. Game one and all the the festivities, people are already gathering and getting ready for a big day in South Philadelphia. Zach Wheeler starts for the Phils today. I know John Brazier is in the house. And we are red. We are excited. This is the big three. Thank you very much, Tom. I'm on the <laughs> Phillies tonight, by the way. Plus one twenty. Soccer. I'm going to go plus one twenty two on the Phillies on the run line. Wow. Minus one the and a half run runs. line. Yeah. Why? What's our? We. Uh, you said the Phillies in three. In right? three. Yes. Um. And, and I'm you, saying the Phillies in two. Yep. You have the sweep. And we have confirmed it's the best of three. Well, I have. Um. Confirmed. And then what's on the line? Twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Twenty spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Twenty bucks. All right. Well, no, we didn't. Did I pay off? The no, actually, so we're rolling it over. Oh, we're rolling it oh, into this? it's a rollover. Yeah, it's like AT&T rollover minutes. You so, get whatever you didn't use. So we're doing 80 now? Uh, 20, 40, it'd be 60. It's just 60. It'd be 60. <laughs> yeah. I'm no math guy. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, okay, so yeah. 60 bucks. Yeah. Nick Hale, Greg Stalker. Uh, you say Phillies in three, I say Phillies in two. Yep. All right. Although it's pretty That's telling. On. I know the Phillies have home field advantage, but... Yeah. Miami won seven out of the 13 games in the regular season, yet Vegas makes the Phillies a two-to-one favorite. Yeah. So, like, what does Vegas know that we don't know? Well, so, that tells you take the Phillies. But, yeah, it does. So, there you go. All right. Uh, we have our buddy Sean Farash is going to join us. And I'm gonna we're going to talk to him, and he's going to be in Trump character for five or six different <laughs> questions. Uh-oh. And then we'll ask him a few things, because he does do, like, a show on Rumble, and he's he's a conservative. He's a big Trump guy. He's, he claims he's the first person that Trump ever re truth on truth like oh really re- like whatever their version of a retweet is uh that's i guess his claim to fame we'll ask him what led him down this road and you know, how successful he's become in doing it because he is unbelievably uh hysterical but i, I want to I, I could literally go one of three different directions here but since we did have a conversation about wheelchairs mm-hmm. in the cut sheet with one of our um mental health patients uh <laughs> I, this story is remarkable. We have a plus size travel influencer. So, like we know in Philadelphia, we have a plus size influencer. Um, her name is Meatball, and you know she encourages looting and rioting until she gets busted, and then she says, "No, you shouldn't loot or riot." But at the end of the day, remember, everybody must eat. Everybody must eat, and that includes plus size travel influencers. But her name is Jalen Cheney. And she reveals that she actually has, this is the, the, I love this world that we live in. She has seven demands for the hotel industry to give plus size women and plus size men size inclusive amenities. Oh my God. What are Look, you doing? We, we've got like four minutes here, four or five minutes to go. Let's go through these seven and just hear how absurd, like this is the world that we live in now where people that just feel like they need everything self made like tailored and this is not like going into brooks brothers and getting a custom suit fit to your body like i'm not reinventing a lucrative industry called the hotel industry which when i lived in nashville the hotel industry is just astronomical all they do is build hotels it's unbelievable it's like atlantic city when they were putting up casinos there's just one pops up every week so her demands are as follows number one and this is 
plus size travel influencer Jalen Cheney revealing her seven demands for the hotel industry to give us size inclusive amenities because everything has to be inclusive sure. these days. Uh, number one, make elevators and hallways more spacious to allow for easy movement of larger individuals. This is like the this is like the set. This is like the commands of No Man and Married with Children. <laughs> uh, we're going to make elevators and hallways. So we're just going to like tighten the rooms up and we'll widen the hallway walls so that you can get your tookus down the hallway without being um, you know obstructed. And we're going to make elevators more spacious. Yeah. That's number one. Who's paying for that? I, I, I yeah. guess it's a great question. Number two, raise toilet seats and add handheld shower heads. Oh, my God. So the biggins can reach all the hard-to-reach places mm. with the shower head. Does it really say biggins? Oh. B- yeah. B-I-G-G-U-N-S. Biggins. So wait, they can reach all the <clears throat> places yeah. with the shower with head. The sh- so if you have a handheld, you can... Yeah. Kind of get up in there, right? Which is really disturbing. Thanks just for the like visual. spray that, yeah, thank, yeah thanks. Situation yeah, yeah. down, no, thank, yeah, thank you, though. Yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna raise the toilet seat so you can be like a five year old again, sitting on the potty and your feet dangling. I just, it is, it, it, and this is fascinating, and I want you to keep going with this. But it's just, it's so nauseating that we're making these amenities mm-hmm. for people who who just need to lose weight. I know. Like we're 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 just we're making it easier for people to just be fat and lazy, yeah, and just be like, well, it's it's a medical condition, mm-hmm. so you need to make amenities for me and make everything bigger. That's correct. No, how about you make yourself smaller? Right. It's never been more difficult or wrong to be a straight white cis man in good shape that makes good money and works hard. Like that's 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 the villain in America today. Yeah. <laughs> the funny piece of this is that for years, because all the men in my family, now my sons, I mean, everybody's huge not they're they're six foot five Mm -hmm. you know what i mean my my even my great uncle chris like they're all these big men not not that they were obese Mm -hmm. they're just big guys six foot five yeah and over the years they would say oh man i can't fit into a car or especially an airplane you know what i mean or headroom above nobody cared nobody talked about that Mm -hmm. so it's funny to me that finally now somebody's talking about in in this context yeah but nobody cares if you're a really tall individual, no, let's say. No. With long legs. That's correct. You know, much like a professional athlete, mm-hmm. you're six foot five or above. Yeah. Nobody ever said that they deserved, right. I don't know, how do extra you think, space. How do you think these NBA players feel yeah. that travel from city to oh. city and stay in hotels all the time? Oh, my goodness. Right? Number three, size inclusive bathrooms that should go up to six times and beyond. Six times, six X. I don't even know that. I don't think you can get anything in a six X, but she wants it. She also, number four, wants handrails in all pools. <laughs> I can't even visualize that. A handrail in the pool. I mean, I see the little like railings that you walk down On the, the side. Yeah. That's number four. Uh, this is, and the next two are great. Number five, sturdier chairs at the pool. So the chairs that they put out there at the deck, you know, that you lounge and you probably fell through and caved in. It's unbelievable. Have you ever done that, though? Like, had people over for Thanksgiving, and then the bigger relative is sitting in the chair that you're thinking, oh, goodness. No, but I did fall through a lounge chair. Remember those ones that used to have, like, these little plastic straps, and they were, like, little strips for for the back and the bottom? One of them must have gotten real loose, and it was, like, a little wider than normal, and I sat down, and my keister went right through. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, wider lounge chairs. So we want sturdier chairs and wider lounge chairs at the pools. And then number seven, train staff to be respectful, understanding, and accommodating to travelers of all sizes. 
you know, I got to tell you, for the most part, and I, I, I see some people that obviously hate their job and they're in customer service or in their, they're in retail. They don't look like they want to be there and they don't go out of their way to help you. But very rarely am I ever in a situation where um, I feel like they are not understanding, respectful, like they might, you know, look like they want to kill themselves or you're like um, bothering them by asking them a question about the product they're paid to sell. But never at a point where like, you know, this lady's claiming that there needs to be like a basic, a whole uh, training seminar on how to deal with travelers of all sizes. Like, I don't think people, generally speaking, because I think most people are generally good people, I don't think people go out of their way to make your life more difficult because you're plus size. Yeah. But yet, once again, yeah. it's this victimhood culture that Agreed. we live in. Agreed. So, it's so nauseating. It's amazing. Yeah. She, and she's not even a plus size influencer. She's a plus size travel influencer. Yeah. She's got that market corner. Yeah. Literally. She's got all four. <laughs> the fact that we have plus size influencers just is very telling, isn't it? Hey, big girls need loving too, man. I didn't say that. I yeah. just look, people have medical conditions. Yeah. I get it. It's hard to lose weight. I get that as yeah. well. We could all lose a few pounds. I understand that. Some of us but just need to learn how to say no thank you. This morbid obesity and celebrating it and making amenities for people who are like that is just it, I agree. We're losing our minds. I agree. The average American size though though, however, has, is greatly reduced because of the influx of immigrants who tend to be more petite. Yeah. So the average male height in the U.S. is now 5'9", female height 5'4". Yep. So that's an interesting piece of this. People who are were here who are bigger, but then you're dealing with uh, this huge influx of individuals who are much more petite. Yeah. Absolutely. Most America, Americans are fat, lazy slobs. <laughs> they want things handed to them. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. Coming up next, Sean Farage is going to join us here on Kale & Company. How does that sound? And he does some great Trump impressions. All right, but uh, right now we go to Dawn Stenzel. No, it's me. Oh, Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Uh, looking at the Eagles and Rams for Sunday, 405 game. Uh, looks, uh, looks like the spread ticked down a little bit. Um, I'm taking the Rams at plus four and a half for Sunday. I know. Send your hate mail to greg.starker at odyssey.com. Uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props over under so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Greg right now. FanDuel.com slash Greg and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and is official partner of 1210 WPHT. 21 and over. President PA. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Please call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. One of the pieces of feedback that I think is the best feedback is patients who turn to QC Kinetics and say they didn't realize how much their pain was holding them back. And even sometimes just, just not, not feeling great, feeling grumpy. Feeling like, oh, I don't even want to go out today. I don't want even want to get shoes on. And so that's really, when I say QC Kinetics gives you your life back, that's what I'm talking about. It's freedom. The future of joint pain relief is right here in Philadelphia. QC Kinetics, advanced regenerative medicine. It's amazing. Breakthrough 
technology. If you've been told more steroids or surgery are your only options right now, just get a second opinion. Do this. Do this today. Would you call before lunchtime today? Get the second opinion. Learn more about how you can truly harness your body's own healing agents to attack that joint pain and heal it. I'm talking lasting relief. QC Kinetics does not mask the pain. These treatments go to the very root, the core of the problem here, using concentrated healing properties placed directly into your joint, which restore and repair that damaged tissue. So imagine living your life this fall, no more pain in your knees, your aching hips, your shoulder, your back. No drugs, no downtime, no surgery. And life is about moving, motion. QC Kinetics is giving people their lives back. And that's what I'm talking about here. And these are all natural treatments. Just call them the local professionals at QC Kinetics. Get the free consultation. Do this. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. 215 3000 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.